Hey beauties, before we dive into this episode, I want to remind you that there is an Amplify Her Networking Group meeting next Wednesday, June 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Amplify Her Networking Group is committed to creating community and helping women grow and make more money. Uh, Your first meeting is free and I would love, love, love to have you. Feel free to register at amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking. Let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and I am so thrilled to be back with another episode with a phenomenal woman. I am truly so excited about this episode. Um, I am chatting with Raquel Race, and it was so, so great. First of all, Raquel is a relationship coach for couples and individuals, and her work um, is just gorgeous. She describes herself as uh, a nerd regarding relationships. She's learned so much. She's trained so much um, for her work in helping individuals and couples navigate their relationships. In this conversation with Raquel, um, I really just wanted to learn about her work in action. I learned so much while chatting with her that I have already been taking into the my time since our conversation and, and I've been taking her her lessons into my personal life already and identifying areas in my relationship um, where, you know, there might be stressors or, you know, a current stage that we're in. And so I can't wait for you to hear this. I can't wait to hear your feedback about this episode. Um, If you notice I'm raspy and you listened to my solo episode last week, I am still dealing with throat issues, um, so much so that I feel like I actually might need antibiotics, but we'll see how that goes. Um, But enjoy my raspy... um, Sophia Bush-ish, I wish, voice for now. Um, And let's dive into this episode with Raquel. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Yeah, thanks. Raquel, welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. Oh, you are so kind. We've connected through a mutual friend of ours, and I am just so thrilled to be learning more about your work and who you are and what you do. And you are a relationship coach. I want to dive right in and ask you how, out of all of the types of coaching out there in the world, how did you decide on becoming a relationship coach? Where did all this stem from for you? Mm. So in full transparency, I probably tried um, quite a bit of different (laughs) coaching before I landed on relationship coaching, which is a little, which actually, and and, and all of them contribute to what I'm doing now. I actually find that it all comes handy, Um, but it started 
it started in relationship. I've studied relationships um, way before I thought I would become a coach just for my own fun and pleasure. Um, I started um, studying with a woman that I adore um, and she spe- specialized in the differences between men and women and, and, and how we relate to each other, how to create a strong partnership. I've studied with her for years. It completely changed my life, completely changed all of my relationships with all of the men in my life, with my dad, with my brother, with men that I worked with. And then I got into um, an amazing relationship. Um, and wow. I, and I actually, I do give her so much credit and, and, and actually my, my ex <laughs> who we've been together for many years, he would also say like, I have to call her and thank her. <laughs> so, so that's where it all started. And, um, and I, it, and at the time I actually at some point thought of, of teaching this method and decided instead to study a form of alternative medicine and was in the wellness, uh, wellness coaching and wellness wow. providing, uh, for a while. At some point I, I did get certified um, as a life and business coach, I did do some of it in that work. So much of the work that I was doing was focused on relationships in the workplace. And finally, for me, actually, at the end of that relationship, um, and it's all through that, you know, relationship is at, at, it really is at the core of what I, of what I do. I actually thought that in my coaching now with people, I find it to be really useful. I I, I love all of it. I, I feel like we all need well-being. Yeah. Um, even, you know, as I coach couple and as I work with couples, there's entrepreneurs, there's career conflicts, like all of my experience come in handy. I really see how it all worked right. seamlessly to bring me where I'm at. But for me, it was actually a loss of a relationship. And, and, and for me, it was also, I was in this wonderful relationship with someone who we loved each other deeply and we were great friends. And here we had some things that came between us to the point that we just couldn't see eye to eye and we could not resolve it. And it was not for a lack of looking for support and it wasn't for a lack of trying, but it actually seems like what for us, whatever support we were getting almost made things worse and not better. Wow. And yeah. And what I have discovered, and for me, when that ended, I it, it really got me into a deep dive. First of all, to what what it what was my part? Because it was really easy to see what was someone else's part. <laughs> right. It's very, very easy, easy to, to reflect on somebody else versus yourself in a relationship. Oh yeah. It was very clear how he needed to change, what he needed to do, what he didn't do right. And suddenly I was like, okay, the only thing I have control over is me. And I don't want to, whatever, whatever was happening there. And and I wasn't operating in a vacuum. There's always two people. But what I have learned since is that one person, when one person changed the dynamic, everything changes. Um, That's so so, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. So this came out of the end of a relationship and you started working. What did your early days, because you are a relationship coach for couples and individuals. And in the early days when you decided to make this decision and you started working with people, I'm sure that must have felt right, but overwhelming and like hard 
to know which next step to take. What, mm-hmm. how did that start? What did your first clients look like? How did that work first start with you and how did it evolve? Yeah. So I'm really lucky that I had a, a, a long track record of coaching before. So it wasn't like I wasn't familiar with coaching. I also just was the designate relation designated relationship advisor to all of my friends. All of my friends. Wow. So um so and and I've I've had I've had knowledge, you know. Um but but part of what I've actually gone through is I did go through training and I, I've gotten through quite a bit of training. I think I'm always gonna go through some trainings, if anything, sometimes I just have to stop myself and 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 just trust all the wealth of information that I have. But I I did get amazing training that changed my life, changed my heart, changed my outlook. Um, and then in the course of that training, I have done some free sessions. So I think I got a lot of the kinks out uh, during that time because you are correct. There there is unexpected. There's unexpected things that happen, especially with a couple, right. but not just with a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think my first, my first client, I mean, I'm just going to be completely transparent with you. My first client came to me and they were reeling after an affair and they had a wow. whole bunch of tragedies and, um, I was just so lucky to have incredible support. I had supervisions. I had people that I worked with. So, um, but, but we were, we were, I was just like, can I just get a good old pursuer and avoider? Like, why do I need to get, you know, this? (laughs) Well, I would love, I would love to talk about that a bit more for, first of all, can you, can you detail what training you went through for those who might be interested in somewhere absolutely so I went through an incredible program I actually went through several programs and I feel like I have gotten to pick and choose I've gotten through some trainings where I was like no thank you I feel like I've done a lot of the work for uh, for my clients of <laughs> all the trial and error this is the advantage of working with someone who is really nerdy about relationships um, <laughs> and really passionate um, but I trained with an amazing organization. Uh, it's called the Center for Thriving Relationships. They're based in Indiana. They also train coaches online. They're amazing. So I got certified with them. A lot of my work is influenced by the Gottman Institute, which is an incredible, um, one of the leading organization in the area of marriage and long-term relationship training in attachment style, in um, all the work is based on positive psychology, strength-based, and also special attention to just the things that that comes up in individual and couples, which, you know, addiction, infidelity, sexuality, so a really comprehensive training. But Christine and Brett Earthheart are just amazing and anyone who's ever interested in getting training I could not recommend it more so beautiful thank you so much for sharing I find yeah that piece so important when we're having deeper conversations about things that Mm 
are so intimate. Yeah. And you mentioned a few things, attachment styles, various relationships, and 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 various um, you know, like a pleaser and avoider, these these types of terms. Yeah. When people are entering into a relationship, there are I think many of us are not thinking about these types of terms, but I would love to hone in on um what when people are coming into that first stage of a relationship, what should people be, you know, aware of and and looking at? Because I really wanted to talk to you about how you started your work and I really wanted to talk to you about your work in action. So what yeah. should people be aware of when they're entering into a relationship? Well, I, I mean, it's a great question. I, I would say that most of the co- the people that come to me are already in a relationship. <laughs> and, um, you know, whether it's one member of the relationship or both, they come to me already in a relationship. I, um, so my work is less focused around like, what do we look for? I can tell you a little bit more. I don't know if it will be useful. You tell me. Um, I can. So one of the framework that I work with is actually stages of a thriving relationship. So we look at the first stage, which is the romance stage. So I yeah, can I can talk a little bit talk more about to that. Yeah, to that'd that. Be great. <laughs> um, and then I can actually walk you through um, the stages because I actually find that it's a huge relief for couples to hear about that. Um, Cause we, we all know so much about the romance. We, we see it in all the movies and then there's four other stages. <laughs> um, so yeah, the romance. So the romance is typically characterized by, um, and, and everybody goes through it the same. I really honor people that, you know, some people have a little bit of a rocky start and then they fall, fall into place. It's not like, it's not like it's cookie cutter, but the romance stage is usually characterized by um, a lot of attraction, a lot of bonding, feeling really hopeful and ecstatic and blissful. The main thing is like you are on your best behavior and you see you see someone else's best. You just like and you want to you just want to enhance each other's life. You just you don't even have to work at it. You just you want to. You want to make each other happy. You want to make each other life better. Um, you seeing each other best qualities. You're giving, you're just like giving freely without expectations. And all of that are not things that you have to work at. It just comes naturally. Um, so, and, and in one in one way, we, we look at it, we're a little high, you know, we're a little high on love hormones. Um, but there's also an element of it that is actually very pure, which is we come without all the baggage and we see right to each other's soul and essence yeah. without all the judgment, without all the difficulties. We really see into each other beauty and goodness. So it's it's not it's not all hormones, you know, for right. sure. Yeah. A, f- a quick um, follow up question on the romance stage. Yeah. Is there a specific in your work, I'm not sure. Is there a specific yeah. like timeline where that lasts for people, or can it can people be in that stage for years and maybe not know? Um, so typically it lasts anywhere from six six years to uh, six months to two years. 
um, that that would be a typical um, trajectory. I have actually met with couples that had longer run of of ease in their relationship. But the next stage of the of the thriving relationship is actually the power struggle. And the good and the bad news <laughs> is that it's not a matter of are you gonna uh, are you gonna get there? It's when. <laughs> so most people it takes six to six months to two years before you start coming into some kind of conflict or differences. Um, some people it takes longer. So this next stage, the power struggle, what is that stage? So power struggle, power struggle. We, our differences starts to come into conflict. So um, we start feeling more reactive rather than generous. <laughs> you know, something happened and we just like, um, we're starting to react negatively and habitually we feel um annoyed disappointed angry there's an element of disillusionment and there's also an element of like this is not what i signed up for this is not what i was sold and is this really the right person for me and um you know, as opposed to that extreme generosity and seeing each other best we actually start seeing each other worst and there's more conflicts, there might be more secrets, definitely feeling disconnected, settling, um, some lack of, sometimes lack of desire, sometimes blame, criticism, feeling uninspired, and then getting stuck in repetitive, repetitive struggles, you know, like mm-hmm. you can almost, you if you're in a relationship, you probably know what I'm talking about. Like that you can oh, almost like press the literally. repeat button. <laughs> I'm like, so you know many what I'm going to say? My brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to say that. If it doesn't work, I'm going to try to do more of that. Then it's really not going to work. And, you know, so so every couple have their repetitive cycle. Actually, this is one of the first thing that we start working with is like getting off that repetitive cycle. You don't have to stay in there forever. Yeah. And um, is there a timeline associated with that? I'm just always so curious, you know, because I know things are going to wax and wane. But in your work, I'm always curious about what you see. And, you know, around, every around relationship that. is different. Yeah. Every relationship course. is different. And actually, one, I think it's really powerful for a couple to, First, look at the five stages, and I can briefly touch on the three others, and then start a de- and and it's a living, breathing thing. Like it's not like you arrive to like stage five and you're just like in bliss happily ever after. Sorry, <laughs> um, it's it comes and goes, and life stresses and things happen. Um, so actually, looking at it as a map and be like, oh, we've been in the power struggle a lot or, Oh, we're in the growth stage. So, so actually for a couple to identify what percentage they spend, because it can change even in a span of a week. Of course. I think this is so fascinating. Can we run through the the next three? I would love to have my listeners learn about this. If they're unaware, I'm learning so much. This is wonderful. I've learned so much. This is the beauty of it. We like, you don't know what you don't know. Totally. 
until you know. Yeah. So the next uh, the next stage is the stage of commitment, and and how we characterize com- commitment is making a powerful commitment to do whatever it takes to get to thriving. And 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 one of the things that I'm going to say about the power struggle is a lot of couples never go past the the power struggle and 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 not for a lack of good intention you know we do everything that we know it doesn't work and we're just like okay so we either separate or we resign and we just like we're like okay we'll settle at least it's not as bad as this or that um and in the commitment making that powerful commit and 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 the other thing that I would also say so for me like my work is to deliver first of all to deliver the good news that every relationship if you're in it long enough you will get to power struggle and it's not the end it's actually the beginning of knowing each other more deeply and knowing how to have your differences work for you and not against you and it's actually things that were there all along it's just it's just like turning it's it's um i call it uh conflict is growth wanting to happen it's not it's not it's growth wanting to happen and i actually see it in every area of, of our life you know when you have a health crisis it's your body wanting attention if your business is going through a growth crisis it's like you need to grow in some respect you know so so that's the same in relationships so I just want to normalize it to anyone who might have, and and a relationship is such a sensitive area, and we're just like we're, you know, it just brings up so much about our, about survival, about our value, about our lovability, about someone else's. So I just really, I just feel like I cannot normalize it enough. Like, and that it's the good. The good news is, it's like it's an opportunity to grow and get closer. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, so the commitment is uh, making a powerful decision to do whatever it takes, and in that in that stage, the only two questions that we work with is, what am I doing to contribute to the dynamic, and what does the relationship needs from me in order to grow and get to thriving? Because it's really easy to see what someone else is meant to do. <laughs> And right. the only place that we have power and, and agency and influence is us. So, um, Oh, gorgeous questions to reflect upon. Yeah. And you said yeah. that commitment looks different or can be classified in different ways, but it really is stemming from the dedication to the relationship. Is that, is mm-hmm. that what you yeah. mean by commitment? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we make these commitments in so many ways. I mean, you make that commitment when you become exclusive, you make that commitment when you get married, you make that commitment when you have a child, you make that commitment when you come to a consult with me. I mean, this is all like, or when you, we make this commitment in so many ways, but a commitment to actually figure it out and like not stay in that loop. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Gorgeous. Um, so the next phase is um, growth, and that is actually the result of that commitment. So starting to gain awareness and new tools and looking what's underneath the challenges, what actually needs the attention, um, having breakthroughs, um, applying new tools daily, 
um, becoming more intentional, become like really seeing our part in things and changing our behavior, creating a lot more ease, a lot more understanding, new possibilities, much more uh, deeper connection, renewed hope, and um, and 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 really like a lot more joy and fun and passion again. Um, so that's 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 the growth and uh, in the thriving stage. And again, everything is very dynamic. You know, we can we can we can it's, it all fluctuate, and we can. I think once we start having more of the goodness, we really want to protect it. More. <laughs> you know, right. It's, it's, and we, when we see that it works, um, but the thriving, the thriving is, um, it's, it's actually has a lot of similarities to the romance stage, but in a much, with a much more deeper knowing of each other and like mm. grounded, grounded in knowing of each other and ourselves. I call it uh, romance 2.0. So thriving um, is the last stage. Yeah. Quote I mean, I, I can't even say last, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote. We always grow. We can go deeper into thriving. We can go deeper into everything. But it's it's really like sharing a vision together, sharing an inspired vision, having safety, having trust, having safety in our more vulnerable um, areas and uh, spirit of teamwork, forgiveness, feeling more alive, making making your dreams come true separately and together, having healthy and open and positive communication, feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling values, a lot of um, daily appreciation. And I can talk about that more because you know, some of it is in the bigger, I mean, it's everything. It's the small and day day to day and then the bigger vision and responding to challenges as a team and with wisdom, feeling fulfillment, feeling um, uh, passion and the romance again and connection and true love. So this is, this is the, this is the general description of the wow. five stages. Thank you so much for going through all of them. I think this is so helpful. And the first time I've been introduced to these stages laid out so plainly and beautifully as you just did. Mm. I'm curious, you know, in, I, I think you did mention this, but couples I'm sure will go back to various stages or might bump up and down in between these stages of their relationship what does that typically look like in your work and what do you see I mean people are obviously coming to you because there is a need for this desire of of growth of commitment of being in that thriving stage but I'm sure there's an evolution no matter what in a relationship but I would love to hear from you about that you know, uh, so so the question is is do people go back between like, the does state? this oh, evolve back absolutely, and forth? Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sure that anyone and and life stresses are the biggest catalyst for for it. You know, you 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 have a baby, you have two babies. There's you know someone is laid off. You deal with someone gets sick. Um, maybe both of you at once, you know, life presents stressors and suddenly whatever was 
keeping that relationship in, in, in good shape doesn't work anymore. It requires more skill. It's almost like there's more than we can, or, or I don't know, the intimacy grows and it just like, it, 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 it it opens up part of ourself. There, there's a there's a, another wonderful therapist that I I, I I I like his work a lot. His name is David Chenards, and he says marriage is people growing machines. Wow. Um, yeah, it's like we we hit our edges. We meet someone else; they think completely different than us in one area that doesn't make any sense. Like we just. We start meeting, we love each other and we just meet areas where we're not the same. So so people would come to me usually typically in the power struggle, you know, whether it's a small mm-hmm. struggle, you know, we can just be the in-laws <laughs> or if it's a big struggle. Um, not to say that the in-laws cannot be a big struggle. Of course. Can be. <laughs> yes. Um, but usually it's like when you're like, you can figure it out on your own is, mm-hmm. is when you're, you're you start getting uh to be and 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 I do I do have some people that come to me as a premarital. Um I always have so much respect and admiration. It's like the romance stage and it's like we just want to do it well. We want to enter our marriage well and with strong tools. And and it really does not, I mean it can be really a bit it can be a big reason or it can be something where you just like we have really not been a team in the last six months and you're my best friend and I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I think that, you know, there's obviously an evolution in relationships and, and we always hear people say like relationships take work, marriage takes work and that can be, I mean, before I was married, I didn't really, I was in a relationship for five years and then we got married and I totally agree. But I think for, for my personal, my relationship, I think having a child really changed so much of my relationship. Um, And I'm curious, you know, how you feel about that phrase, you know, relationships take work marriage takes work I think that can feel almost overwhelming and but I'm I'm not sure I I think it's such important deep work that needs to happen and and growth but I love the way that you framed that conflict is an opportunity for growth yeah what work do people need to take in their relationships or or what steps do you see people taking or recommend people can take in their relationships as they're as they're putting in in the work yeah so first of all yes um relationship takes work and and but actually like sometimes doing the work is in the long run creates a lot less work um, and, and again, like me and my colleagues, like have a joke of like, what are you going to do with all this time that you're going to have now that is not spent on conflict and tension and frustration, <laughs> you know, it really, it actually frees so much time when you work together as a strong team. It also, I mean, there is, um, I feel like I'm, feel, I'm feeling very scientific here today, <laughs> but I will say that one of the longest researches ever done by um, Howard, Howard, 
Howard University is about relationship and 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 how relation affects us. And relationship is the number one contributor to general life and well-being, to health, to longevity, to success. We are we are herd animals. We need each other. The whole the whole fantasy of the lone ranger, you know, that is self-sufficient. Um, I think that a lot of what we're experiencing as a society in general, like so much loneliness and so much um, disconnection is because there's so much value in being self-sufficient. And 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 it's not about, it's actually like finding a way of have, being in a secure relationship paradoxically makes you so much more self-sufficient sufficient and so much more um powerful um, right like learning yeah. about your own emotional intelligence <clears throat> and your own way of being with someone else and working together to make that strong is going to better all of these other aspects of your life yeah I mean think about when your relationship work like you just feel it just gives you more power in the world. You know, when you're, when you feel like you have a safe haven, you have a great friend, someone has your back, it's not all on you. You're loved, you're happy, you feel confident in your ability to like solve conflicts together and face life challenges together. Like what's better than that? You know, when you have in every area of our life at work, when you have a strong team that we feel like we can we can make things happen we're going in a positive direction it's just and it, it just a really good foundation <laughs> for life yeah um yeah. yeah so um so from my perspective like anything you know i think it's so funny we have this expectation oh sorry i have a i don't know if you see two furry cats walking in the background but i also have an automatic theater here so it just it just went off all good no um, I didn't hear anything and, and it speaks Japanese that's amazing um, <laughs> it tells the cats they have food in Japanese but um but anyways um <laughs> it's really it's so funny I'm like oh um I lost my train of thought what were we saying <clears throat> um we were just talking about doing the work and and um uh, having like oh, stability. It's more work. Yeah. So I just think it's so funny. We have this expectation that we just magically know how to do relationships, you know, and, and think about it. It's like, if you don't know how to speak a language, you hire someone. If you know, if you don't know how to fix, you know, something you go, you, uh, you find you find a tutorial if you don't know how to um you know if you need to have a new skill in business like why not hire someone who dedicated their life there's so much more that goes into relationship and and also in the past it was a little more traditional roles there was less choice i think that now like it doesn't work so we can just like get a new one <laughs> um and actually staying and figuring it out is where, and I'm not saying that every relationship is meant to last forever, but every relationship can be done better. And even if you separate, um, you can separate. I mean, you got together as best friends, you can separate as friends and it will, right. it will prepare you for the next relationship so much better. So, so from my perspective, it's like, why not work with someone that actually can explain to you what's happening? I right. see... 
like 100% first session, like couples are like, whoa, you know, like just like such a relief and such a reminder of like, we're actually on the same team. We actually love each other. We actually want the same. You just get stuck in these places that you just can't see. And, and, and our intimate relationships bring like our biggest fears up to the surface. Um, if, if we're like, there's suddenly they're an extension of us and all of our survival stuff starts coming up and, 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 and not getting our needs met. If I would say something, you might not care, but if your husband say that, you'd be like, what, <laughs> you know, it's just like, we, we just give it so much more meaning. So for my, my perspective is of course, look for support. We, we are so misinformed in the area of relationship and we are different. Like in the beginning, you asked me about what is a pursuer and a withdrawer? Like some people respond to stress by trying to get closer. Some people respond to stress by trying to get back and regain themselves. Imagine the two of them trying to communicate, like so much misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, so well, just like starting to understand each other. Yeah. I think that's gorgeous. And I think so much about what you're talking and speaking to is verbalizing your needs and speaking that speaking up about your needs in a way that that is healthy. And I talk about that a lot on the show, like people's needs matter. And what I've seen a lot online and, and I've talked about a lot on the show is a inequity of needs being met. Um, in particular, um, there are a lot of, there's a lot of discourse around like weaponized incompetence and domestic labor and unseen labor and people putting in more effort around the home and women in particular, and those needs not being met and more and more people stating those needs. Are you seeing that in your work? Um, you know, those types of needs of of not having um certain things being seen and and recognized in particular around things that would be classified as domestic labor are you seeing that in your work and are you seeing more women speaking uh, to those things um and speaking up about their needs first of all I want to just say, I, I've just started watching the Ramit Sethi Netflix series. Uh, and and in the first episode, there's actually a couple with um, reverse gender role. And he is so frustrated <laughs> and feels so unappreciated. It's really interesting to see. Yeah. Wow. Um, but um, I would tell you, first of all, the biggest topics that I see are um, finances, uh, finances, parenting, sex, finances, parenting, sex, in-laws, household chores, and and also just like style of like wanting to feel more connected and styles of communication. So these are, these are the big ones, the biggies that are very, very universal. And I love it. Like sometimes I, I I give my my clients handouts and like I just like I had a client say she's like oh I'm not crazy there's a handout for it everybody goes through right that. right <laughs> so I feel like I am so grateful that you're like being transparent here like I feel like the more we can normalize it to people the better 
um, and that it's not a big deal and that there are the solutions are way easier than you think that um, so so there's two things happening. I, I think I told you, I, I saw a client right before our, our talk here, and there's two things that are happening. One is what do we need? The other one is how do we talk about it? And it's almost like a panini. Like you can't even say why is the conversation unsuccessful? Is it the topic or is it how we communicate about it? Because so much of it is actually like realizing that like, Am I expressing my needs or I'm like blaming, criticizing, making global statements like and someone is just like protecting themselves from just like, like, I don't know why do we think that complaining, criticizing and demanding makes someone love us more and more generous <laughs> and just like want to give us things, you know, versus just like, like actually and, and also like don't forget that in that in that. So in the in the. In the romance, we're like seeing all the best. In the power struggle, we're seeing all the worst. So, so we have like two separate extremes. You know, we're here, we're like ignoring all the red flags. And here we're ignoring all the things that they actually do well. You know, suddenly it's like this really bleak picture. So so how we ask for something can be all the difference. And and also like if you're being stuck in 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 a negative pattern for a while it might take a moment you know so it's like you asked nice and someone didn't respond and you're like you see you know so so it really is about like you start steering the ship in a bit in a different trajectory and and it's so much faster it's so much faster than you think i actually feel like this work restore my faith in human like humanity like we are all wired for love we all want to we all want to make each other happy. We are like missing each other left and right and triggering each other left and right. It's like trigger speaks with trigger. So of course it's not successful. It's not even about the household chore now. It's about, I feel disrespected. I feel unappreciated. You don't see me. And like, we don't actually have get to even talk about what's happening in a constructive way. Um, right. The conversation, that's why I said it's hard work, but it's actually a lot less hard work <laughs> because right. when, when you know how to talk about it and yeah. serve it as a team, yeah, it's not, it's way less hard. Yeah. yeah. Our yeah. time has flown by together, but I have one, one more question for you about yeah. when you're working with people who end a relationship, who make that decision and who maybe are expressing their needs, things are still not being met. There's, you know, they're facing that point in their relationship where they're expressing, they're expressing, they're getting disrespected or things are just not working. And what um, what do you see in your work around helping people in that way? Because I know some people can come to a relationship coach and they're being coached through the end of a relationship, or that's the natural yeah. conclusion, or or maybe a recommendation. I, I'm not sure how that works in your in your world. Would you mind speaking about relationships ending? Yeah, I I mean, first of all, if a couple comes to me with the hope of making the relationship work, I like. And and then they come to the conclusion that it might not work. So first of all, like all of all of the love to them. 
um, you typically we will take a little bit of a break because it's a it's a different conversation and it's almost like your brain your brain needs to adjust to this different conversation so we might take a month off and then come back to look at it and it, it's just depends, you know if if it's a an end of a marriage and a life together and kids you would still be partners for life it is in your best interest to find ways to communicate um in the most you know you you'll be part you'll be partners here and and if so it's really about the willingness of two partners um to be in that conversation but i i sometimes it's really scary to part as friends it's almost easier to be angry and righteous <laughs> if you, you don't have to feel the pain and the loss of of a lot of dreams and a, a lot of love and a lot of a lot of hopes but in my experience actually knowing that you gave it everything knowing that you you have done everything that you know how to do that you know that you were not like fueling gasoline while you were trying to put out the fire <laughs> yeah. um let you let go so much more easier that you when it, it's actually when we um when we second guess ourselves and we're like, oh, you know, there's so much that we see in hindsight. And we're like, if I did that, if I said that, like, you know, that you did that and you said that. And, um, you know, some, everything, I feel like every, every time we become a better partner, we are a better partner. You know, we take it to all of our relationship. We take it to the next relationship. Um, I don't know if that answered yeah. your question. Yeah. No, I think that's really gorgeous. I think the way that you work yeah. with folks is, I think that um, I, some people might listen to this and and think about more extreme situations of, yeah. you know, abuse or or things that, you know, are different. I think what you're speaking to are relationships where, you know, there are a number of things going on, but there, there aren't as extreme situations like that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you're trying to have people approach relationships in the healthiest way possible. And I really think the mentality of we did everything we could, we really mm -hmm. tried in every single aspect of a relationship is really important. And it sounds like that resonates yeah. very deeply in a lot of your work. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour about all the work that you do. I would love to have you come back another time so we could chat more. Um, and I'm curious, you know, how can people work with you and how can people find you if they want to start working with a relationship coach as a couple or an individual? Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I would be honored and delighted to come back in any shape or, or, or form. I, I just feel like, I feel like this information is so needed. Um, and it makes such a, it makes such a difference. It really, it's yes. pretty astonishing. It's pretty yes. astonishing that when we, it's like, we are, we are acting out when we don't feel safe, when we feel threatened. So the moment we create safety, there is so much, creative power available like it's it's just it's astonishing to see and I I would talk about it in the next time I, I can I, there's actually a scientific reason to it it's really it's it's fun it's a fun fact 
and yeah, it's very we'll do that for part two. and practical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but I, as, as you said, I work with couples and individuals. I do offer a free um, one hour, one hour and 15 minutes consultation, either as a couple or as individuals. Um, I don't know if you have show notes. I can definitely send um, a yeah. link and we can we can include that. I invite all your listeners. And um, and even if if so, it can be both or one. And if you want your partner to come, but they're unwilling, you can talk to me and I can actually coach you on how to invite them in a way that is compelling. You'd be surprised. It's way more common that than than you think. And I have, I, I literally have a, an FAQ on how to invite your cup, your, your partner. And then if they're not open, there's so much that you can do on your own. It's really, um, it's really empowering and effective. So beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Raquel. Thank you for your work. I'm just so grateful that we got to connect on a deeper level today. And I can't wait to to connect more about this. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you, Christina. I am so um I am so honored to be part of your amazing work. And I, I um yeah, I'm just delighted to be part of this as as human. It's just it has such a ripple effect. So you're worth it and your relationship worth it. Thank you so and much. I'm, I'm honored to be part of your amazing work. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Raquel. Um, if you are listening to this, please never, ever forget that your story matters and your voice matters. And I will see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. Thank you, everyone. I am so grateful that you've listened to this episode of the Amplify Her podcast. If you're listening to this and you don't follow the show, one thing that would help the show tremendously is if you open that Apple app, if you're listening to it on Apple, click on the title of the show and on the top right hand corner, click that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Not only does it help me to grow this show, but it helps you to be in the loop when episodes drop every Wednesday and every Friday. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, click on the show title of this episode to take you to the full listing of them and click follow. That way you won't miss a new episode as it comes out. For more information about the Amplify Her podcast, Amplify Her media, and the Amplify Her networking group, head to www.amplifyhermedia.com.